Nut Nerd Podcast, Episode 139, Many Things of Little Value. Welcome to the Nut Nerd Podcast. I'm Nate Heath, and we are here to help you tech better. Here with me, as always, is Mr. Dave Baylor. Well, hello, Nate. Hello. And hello, everyone. How are we doing? I'm doing good. I'm... I'm a little bit distracted by your koozie that you. Oh got yes, there. it's what is this? The pig bar. The pig bar in Olympia, Washington. They uh, some fine barbecue, and I'm a collector of the can koozie, or cozy as you may. <laughs> oh, cozy is that what it's called? Yeah, whatever. Um, but yes, the pig bar. This is the one barbecue place I've ever been where the chicken was the. Best item. It was a buffet for it's a usually party. Pork, huh? It's usually the pork, um, but the chicken. Whew, Good stuff. They, huh? yeah, they said they marinated it for like hmm. two years. Well, it's and, just funny because it's a pink cozy, koozie yes. cozy, koozie cozy with a neat logo. A anyway, great piece of technology. The cozy. And if you need to get your drink cold, go check out our spin chill video yes. on our YouTube channel to uh, see how the spin chill can help you chill your drinks. And it looks like you're doing some hard drinking this morning with a LaCroix. Yes. Peach pear. Peach pear. My favorite. Yeah. Well, that's not really technology, but I guess a koozie would be, uh, what do I keep calling it a koozie? Non-electronic yeah, technological advancement. I'm going to, but by the time the episode is over, I'm going to find the correct pronunciation of this. But anyway, what are we here to do today? Uh, We are here to look at the week's tech, give you some tips, see what's going on in the big world of technology. We've got uh, Apple hit a, not just a major milestone in a, uh, the first company to ever hit this milestone. Mm -hmm. Uh, A couple other stories, anything going on in your tech world this week? Any any stuff that you've been dealing with that the listener might benefit from hearing? Well, I I recently installed Windows on a Mac computer. You're like, what? Well, how do you do that? Well, for a number of years, Windows, I'm sorry, Mac computers have shipped with Intel chipsets, yes. which are compatible with Windows. And Apple has created a program called Boot Camp, which allows you to install uh, Windows on a partition of your Mac. And you know what? After... I solved one kind of problem of transferring info to a USB thumb drive issue. After I solved that, it was seamless. I clicked a few buttons. I waited 20 minutes, and then Windows 10 popped up on my computer. It couldn't have been easier. So if you're interested in buying, here's here's the scenario. You need a PC, but you don't want to buy a PC. And maybe you've already got a Mac, or you want a new Mac. Maybe you should buy a new Mac, put Windows on it, and then yeah. when you need to be a Windows person, you boot into Windows and you do that stuff. And if you don't want to, you boot into Mac and you can do all the wonderful things on Macintosh. I've heard people say the best Windows computer you can buy is a Mac with yeah. Boot Camp. Some people really swear by it. Well, I've got kind of a sad tale oh, this yeah? week. Let's hear about it. I don't know if you've anybody's heard us talk about AirPods we yeah. kind of like AirPods. Yeah. I think I left mine at home today. Ooh. Dang it. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, curses. Curses. Well, I do. I never leave mine at home. I always have them in my pocket. And I got them day one. You were there. I went yeah. and waited in line at the Apple Store. I think it was did, December is, of 2016. Is that the one we made the film about? Or, yes. We yeah. did some video there. The AirPods. <clears throat> it's okay. It's okay, <laughs> Getting emotional. So I use 
the AirPods all the time. Yeah. I use I I would say 99.9% of the time that I have used AirPods, I only have one in at a time. Mm-hmm. It's just what works best for me. I'm usually somewhere where I need to be able to hear my surroundings and I only need one cuz I'm only listening to podcasts. But most of my day I have my AirPods in. They have been probably one of the best technology purchases I have ever made. We've talked about how great of a product they are. Well, sadly, I think coming up on two years, yeah, having these, the batteries are starting to mm. have some issues. Uh, it seems like they're dying pretty quick, and I have to switch them out, and then they're not quite registering right. I've seen some other stuff on Reddit, some people kind of having the same issues, which when you think about the AirPod and how tiny the battery has to be in there, yeah. that it's lasted this long. So the debate, here's my question to you. Okay. Because my wife was like, just go buy some new ones, sell those ones to somebody that wants to try them out or something, just do it. But as mentioned last week, we are very close to September, which supposedly Apple's going to make some major announcements. And there's been some rumors around that the AirPods could see some changes, Mm -hmm. just kind of some updates and stuff. So I don't want to go buy them right now in August when in September there's a good chance. So I think I'm just going to suffer. The other day I had to make some phone calls and I didn't want to risk the AirPods Oh, really? Dying. That bad, huh? So I put – well, I knew it was going to be a long phone call. Yeah. So I put it – and I was sitting at my desk. So I put in the wired lightning Gross. earbuds. Gross. <laughs> it is so painful. <laughs> After having the AirPods, it is so painful going back. But I really shouldn't go buy a new pair right now, right? I should wait and see what September brings. Well, being a fan of Star Trek yes. and uh, the Kobayashi Maru, mm. Kirk does not believe in a no-win situation. <laughs> yes. So he changed the rules. I offer this to you. Maybe you should take them to Apple and say, these are becoming defective. You know, I got my, my use out of them. They have a replacement program where you can replace the case, the left or the right AirPod. Yes. Um, I believe it's for $79. Yes. And if you have the serial number of it, you can say, I lost it or it was stolen, and they will replace the entire unit, I think, for $160. No, it's like, a, it's less than the, the price. It no. might even be $79. Anyway, so maybe you could take it in and say, dude, the batteries are dead on this thing. I want to switch it out for $80 for. A new one. Maybe they'll do it. Yeah. I. It'd be worth $80 to get it. I went to the Apple store. I went through the process because my right one wasn't working very well. Yeah. And after spending about three or four hours with Apple on the phone and then making an appointment, going to the Apple store, and they had scheduled it for a different day, and it was going to be $79 just to replace the right one. So I think yeah. they're just going to charge a full price. And do I want to even spend $79 if there's going to be new ones next month that will be better? Hmm. I don't know. I think one fifty nine. I gotta believe if you. What if you went in there and said I lost them? They'll say, "Okay, here's a new pair you can buy." No, I don't. I don't you this. don't have Apple Care on them. I don't have an insurance policy. Anyway, I that's an idea. Yes, that's an idea. But it sounds I, my like my experience last time that. with dealing with Apple on the AirPods was a very too bad, so sad because um, they're past the one year time. So unless there's a major flaw that is found, but again, they say, what do they say? Like on the phone batteries that you should expect kind of full life for the first year. And then after that, you're going to lose a lot. So they're still usable. It's just not, 
the perfect experience that I had been experiencing with the AirPods. So, what if you paid seventy nine dollars for the left one, seventy nine dollars for the right one, and seventy nine dollars for a new case? <laughs> that sounds like the best idea. <laughs> uh, with that, let's move on. Enough of my woes. Um, but all that to be said, there's a good chance that we might see some modification to the AirPods mm-hmm. in September. So if you've been thinking about buying them, maybe hold off until we just until we see. I would say that with any Apple product right now, except for the MacBook Pro that they just released. Anything else, I would wait if you can one month to see kind of what they announce or what the rumors are saying more and more because there's a good chance they're going to release a mm-hmm. bunch of new stuff yep. in September iPads, I'm pretty certain for sure. The phone, for sure. Maybe the AirPods. So yes, it's going to be an exciting time. It will be. uh, Some follow-up. We've talked several times. We had our paint colors. We had our ice cream flavors, all these Mm AI-generated things. This one was actually pretty interesting, I found. This is, I'm looking at it for the first time. Yes. So we have floor plans. You can think, you can picture in your head a floor plan of any building. Think of your elementary school, long hallways, classrooms to each side, the gym, the cafeteria, pretty, yeah, pretty I mean, basic. pretty standard layouts. An airport, they, although we see many different styles of airports, it's really a giant long building with a bunch of uh, small buildings. Hub that, and spoke kind yeah, of Yeah, hub a thing, and spoke, yeah. Uh, depending on the style, but... For the most part, architectural design has been pretty standardized, especially for larger buildings. Well, and then you have something like the Apple Campus, which is a huge round building, which uh, has some benefits and some weirdness to it. But Joel Simon used a generative design process powered by a genetic algorithm to optimize the floor plans of buildings for different characteristics. So he took an elementary school, took the original elementary school floor plan, ran it through this program, and it created... A very, uh, what would you, how would you describe it? A very... Uh, I would say a very organic. Yes, that's the word that I had just thought of. A very organic layout. They're kind of more bubbles, rounds. Uh, looks more like a body with cells and a living organism. Well, I'm thinking the left picture here in the diagram. If you look at the hallway structure, it's like a tree. There's yeah. the main trunk, and then it branches to a couple of sub-trunks, which branch into even smaller trunks, or like an, an artery system in a, in a body. Organic would be the word I would use. But where does it get off making r- these round rooms? Like, how how's that yeah, going to work? Yeah, there's definitely some round... Uh, round rooms like Building. the gym and the playground. <laughs> the playground could be around. Yeah, the, the gym, offices. a round gym maybe is not optimal. Yes. So the what they optimized for, the one was for traffic flow between classes mm. and usage. So uh, just making everything as close as possible together. The, yeah. Not these long, you don't walk straight down a hall, make a left and walk all the way to the end to get to one of the classrooms. This tree, uh, you have the smaller branches. The other one, is uh, maximized for fire escape paths, mm. which I would debate that probably doesn't need to be the number one factor in designing something. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. So where 
this might fall apart, like you're saying, with round rooms or um, multi-walled rooms. Like how do you build these things? Where yeah, do you, where do you put the desks? Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the layout, but maybe there's an organic layout that can be made yeah. in the classrooms. Uh, but just very interesting to see what the computers came up with to maximize it floor seem, plans. It seems like what a Hollywood uh, producer would make for an alien yes. like structure. Yes. Like, oh, an alien room would look like this. Which is usually an advanced form life form. Yeah, so maybe a computer designed it. It's time to get advanced. Yeah, so uh, so one day we'll have a we'll we'll go and an architect will say, "All right, computer, uh, make a building, pick out the colors and name them, uh, yes. pick out the the rooms and arrange them." Yeah, and uh, and build it and build it because we have three D printed houses. Yeah, now. and we'll be back in a week and we'll have a yeah. perfectly created building that'd be great i like it another piece of follow-up uh we have fought so hard against vertical video oh man but youtube is now on their website adapting to different aspect ratios so for a long time if you had a vertical video it was just very skinny on the screen with a lot of black on the sides uh well they're kind of adapting their windows because there's a there is a lot of square video there's a lot of landscape and then there's a lot of portrait our eyes are not designed for vertical video <laughs> maybe when i'm laying in bed it is not it is rarely unless you're videoing a waterfall it is rarely the <laughs> best option for capturing a moment yes uh, but it is something with our cell phones that we often hold upright uh, so it's a i was thinking about it it's a format that is adapted for how we hold our cell phones it is not optimized for human beings to view. No. But YouTube's doing it. Comcast, everybody's favorite. I've sung the praises of the X1 platform, their cable box, the yeah. DVR, and they have Netflix on it now. So you can just go right into Netflix. They have YouTube, YouTube Kids app, all built right into the Comcast uh, cable system. Well, they're adding Amazon Prime Video. Welcome to 10 years ago, yeah. Comcast. See, the thing is, they want you to have all these features so you don't realize, oh, wait, I'm paying way too much from cable. I'm getting to yeah. the point, again, this has been a constant cycle in my life of saying, hey, it's time to take a break from cable because mm -hmm. my monthly price went way up and there's more, there's more services. None of them are perfect yet, but it'd be worth trying out again just to save some money. Um, but that I do, if you are going to have cable, you are not going to beat the X1 cable box from Comcast. It's they've done a good job with it, but it is uh they can do a good job with it. When they can it's afford so to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh well, you know what we can not afford to miss? Dave's pro tip of the week. And the segues are just they're getting better and fluid. Better. They're so organic. <laughs> is that the word you were looking yeah, for? Organic was exactly the word I was looking for. So my mother is traveling to visit here soon. I'm going to be out of town. And so she's going to stay with my daughter for a week or so. And it's been a challenge determining exactly where she is <laughs> on the map. She's driving from Kansas. And so she's like, well, I'm in Yellowstone now and I'm going to go here. I'm going to stop here. And so I get updates every about six to 12 hours nice. about, oh, here I am. And actually, as we were starting to record, she called in and said, hey, I'm at this place. And you know, what road do I take? 
that's another discussion. (laughs) You know, we have these smartphones in our pockets that can do maps. She's calling from one of these smartphones that can do the maps. So what if there was a map on this thing? Regardless, what I wanted to talk to the listeners today is I think an oft unused app on the phone. Maybe families use it, but I think it could be utilized more. And that is Find My Friends. Yeah. Find My Friends is an app that's built into your phone. iPhones. Into your iPhone, sorry. Or iOS devices. (laughs) Right. Your uh, iPad. Even your... Your laptop, I think, you can utilize it. Or if not, you will be able to soon in new updates. But the magic of this is, is you can, if you have family groups through iCloud Family Sharing, you can share your location with other family members. You can invite people who have other iOS devices, just random strangers or whatever. <laughs> I wouldn't invite a random stranger, <laughs> yeah. but maybe somebody that you know. Um, I've tried it years ago when you're traveling with two cars mm. going somewhere. The problem there is it doesn't update quick. It's not real time. Oh. It's like a every 15 minutes type location. And so it's like, hey, we stopped off at the gas station 15 minutes ago. Oh, I oh now I see your location. <laughs> nice. Uh, So it doesn't really work for that. But I've been wanting to connect my mom to this so that when she's traveling across the United States to visit, I can just look on my little Find My Friends app and it'll show, oh, she's in Spokane, Washington, or she's in uh, Ogden, Utah, Mm. or wherever she might be on which pathway she chooses to take. So if you're not using Find My Friends, I'm going to encourage you to check it out. It's really simple. Uh, The interface couldn't be easier. You click a plus button and you add someone either by uh, texting, doing a text message. You could do it through their iCloud ID if you have that, their Apple ID. Uh, but it's easy to use. Right now, I have just my immediate family members. And so if my daughter's supposed to be at school or my son's supposed to be at camp or my wife's supposed to be at work, I could stalk them and check up yes. on it. No, it's, uh, it's just a more of a convenience thing. And what's also great is uh, I can't find my phone, Dad. Hmm. Well, it shows the last location was at school. Yes. Maybe you left it in your locker. Yeah, I think I left it in my locker. So it's kind of a an, an impromptu find my phone as well. Yeah, yeah. For so you could have a family member do yeah. that. So do you utilize find my friends at all? I do not. Hmm. Um, I yeah, I just haven't had a lot of need for it. I have used it a couple times. Um, I was just looking around online to see how often if they had done any updates on how often it would you know, update your location. Yeah. Uh, but it does make sense. Like if you're, let's say at a fair, the County fair and yeah. you get separated, just say, Hey, I'm here. Find me. Right. Um, one of the, there's some advanced features as well. You can share your location with somebody like for an hour for a day yes. or indefinitely. Yeah. So if you and I decided to go to the County fair with our two families and we want to split up, I could be like, well, I'm going to share my location with you for the, the day and then that way you weren't, you're not constantly stalking me and trying to find out where I live. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's not going to be a real time watching somebody walk yeah. around something, but it does give you. It's just really um, convenient. Yeah. Uh, somebody on Reddit is saying that it updates every minute or three minutes. The problem with a car yeah. is you're moving so fast that GPS then can Th- cause an issue too. And it's not going to be exactly accurate. Mm-hmm. If you're at a concert with 10,000 people, you're not going to be able to but you're also walk not gonna... right to the exact person. It'll be close. Yeah, but you're also not – like at a concert or like at a fair or something, you're not going to be – moving that much yes so those are the type of venues that it works well at the driving it's not so good yes because uh going 70 miles an hour in three minutes you can go pretty far this is true anyway check it out
Sounds good. Some takes this week. Well, the story of the week. Yeah. Fanfare, please. (laughs) Apple has been almost the first company to hit the one trillion with a T, as in Tom, Mm -hmm. dollar market cap. Yes. Uh, They, there was actually, so small asterisk, in 2007, PetroChina briefly hit the one trillion dollar mark the article says to hit one dollar yeah um, but it's one <laughs> many trillion. companies have hit one dollar yeah not, and they not off ner- tape it up on the wall not nerd hasn't yet yeah, <laughs> yeah we're opening we're, that one dollar like a 90 cents and we're just we're climbing <laughs> exactly uh so yeah one trillion dollars there was a big race uh, mostly between apple and amazon mm-hmm. it was funny i remember like just within the last month i think it was leo laporte and others have been like well amazon's gonna beat apple apple's not doing that great and yeah and then and their then earnings. their court yeah their earnings come out which i have a chart the chart that we usually post to put in the show notes as well their earnings were amazing their best third quarter ever because their quarters are a little off the normal year and then within uh, i think a day or two after that they went from uh, whatever it was nine hundred and seventy billion, yeah, it's with hard a to, B, yes. up to trillion, and yeah. uh, so pretty Could, crazy. Now, how does inflation factor into this? Because we always hear about the Dutch Dutch India Trading Company or whatever from back in back in time, yes, uh, the land of yore, about its was so wealthy and billion dollar company yeah. or whatever. But in those inflation to I, I think you would almost have to relate it to total world wealth, which would be an, a more interesting statistic. So if you had, yeah. you know, Apple's one trillion out of all the companies in the world, that's who uh, complete guess three yeah. percent you know or one probably less than one percent, but the you know British China trade, what was it? <laughs> Dutch East India. The Dutch company. East India. I was close. <laughs> yeah. British China, Dutch, <laughs> Dutch East India. Uh, a little rusty on some of my history. You know, they probably had a much bigger percentage of the world's wealth. It was just yeah. a different world back then. Yeah. Uh, but I would have to think that they were a larger player in the well, world's economy. 10 years from now, the economy, the inflation is going to happen and we're going to have more and more trillion dollar companies. And so I'm just wondering just how big a milestone this really is. Yes. Uh, Uh, Which it's interesting. I actually posted on the not nerd Instagram, which you should be following. mm -hmm. I had searched for articles on this to post an article when I saw that it had happened. And here are three of the headlines from CNBC. Apple just updated its share count. Here's what it will take to hit the trillion dollar in market cap. And it's got this picture of uh, Tim Cook where he's just like, Oh, how are we going to do this? Bloomberg, as Apple claws, so this was right as it was happening. So, mm-hmm. previous articles, as Apple claws to 1 trillion, ghost of past giants haunt it. <laughs> and then, Market Watch, why a trillion dollar Apple is nothing to celebrate. It's like, come what? on, guys. What are you guys, talking about? Can we just say, and Tim Cook actually sent out a letter to all the employees saying, hey, this is great. We don't want to, you know, dwell on this, which Apple usually doesn't. But, all these Apple haters, it just shows you, it's like, oh, they're not coming into this with any, uh, you know, preconceived notions of what they think of Apple. Right. Just can we want, just for one day, just have an article to say, congratulations, Apple becomes the first kind of real trillion dollar company. <laughs> so frustrating. That's what we deal with in the tech media. Yep. 
What uh, they... Well, in all press, they come at it with things with a perspective instead of just reporting the story. It's like we got to no. throw the in the headline. They've got to say, "Oh, the ghosts of other big companies." It's, and you, we all know it's about getting eyeballs and yes. clicks. Unfortunately. This is true. But yeah, congrats, Apple. And like I said, uh, Jason Snell over at the Six Colors website did his beautiful charts with all the results. And the other story that came out of this was Mac sales were the lowest they've been in years or some, you know, headlines like that. Mm -hmm. Well, because they didn't release the new MacBook Pros till after the quarter was over. So yeah, everybody was waiting on these new machines that they knew were coming. The year ago quarter, they had just released new MacBook Pros, so they sold a bunch of them. So it's like, come on, people, let's be objective about this. Let's figure it out. But Jason Snell does an excellent job of analyzing everything. He has a couple different articles on there talking about some of the big points to take away from the earnings. And some of you are going, oh, why do you always talk about (laughs) Apple all the time? Well, because they're a trillion-dollar company. They are the largest company in the world. Let's talk about other trillion-dollar companies. Oh, there aren't any. (laughs) Flashback, PetroChina briefly (laughs) in 2007. Um, But yeah, it's pretty crazy to think, too, with how long both of us have been Apple fans when they were almost bankrupt in the late nineties yeah. um, to now where they are worth a trillion dollars. Amazing. Um, I found an interesting little article that was just talking about you and I talk a lot about user interface, mm-hmm. user experiences, some apps, you guys have seen those apps where you go into it and it's just the worst experience ever, yes. or even a computer program where you're just like, how do I, you're scrolling this. a list for 10 years to try to yeah, get something. Yeah, you, you can't find what you need. It's not obvious how to work with and, it. And my least favorite thing in the world, contextual menu oh, items. Yes. I hate... Menus come and go like, depending di- on what you They disappear. Where's the button? Oh, you hover over where the button should be. Then the button appears. Well, how do you know the button's there? Exactly. That's like, come on, people. So this article is from over at kotkey.org, K-O-T-T-K. E.org. That's hard to yeah. uh, say out loud. But it was a pick of the week a long time ago. Just post a lot of interesting, different kind of art, tech, culture stuff. But this one, it was an essay about the hidden cost of touchscreens and just talking about touchscreen interfaces. One of the things that they show is the like a point of sale device. So mm-hmm. like your McDonald's screen, your any, you know, waitresses. I see the bar that I DJ at. Yeah. I can I have direct line of sight of one of the screens where they enter the And order. it looks like this. And it looks like this, but they they know exactly where to type and they're just like sitting there touching a million the buttons. The buttons are all squares and they're about an inch big. Yes. Yeah. Nice big interface with some different colors. And terrible fonts. Yes. They're talking in this essay about with designing for touchscreens how easy it is to make things really bad. Like you're saying, contextual <laughs> menus, or if you want to simplify so everything's the same color, yeah. or you don't set things apart. And I, I was, as I was reading through this, I was thinking I spent a lot of time um, doing logistics and inventory mm-hmm. control and just how you sort parts, how you organize parts. It's very similar to this. If you group things together that, you know, if you group your drinks together at a restaurant, yeah. But you make it different colored enough so you know, oh, they want Coke. Well, it's going to be this. Just thinking through this, people try to get too artsy-fartsy, mm-hmm. I believe is the technical yeah, term. That is the technical term. Um, with this stuff. And they basically – <laughs> I say basically a lot. The summary of the article is 
touchscreen interfaces, looking great is not always the best option. Sometimes having it be a little obtrusive where you have all these different colors and kind garish of garish colors and make things stand out to make make it easy to use, especially you think just take a Taco Bell or a McDonald's like we went to McDonald's yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. And we had a lengthy discussion on the people that work at the counter. It's usually some of the newest employees. Mm-hmm. And so you think how many transactions, think of all the McDonald's, there are thousands and thousands of McDonald's around the world, and how many transactions happen at one of those uh, registers every single day, how important it is to save a couple seconds by making things as easy as having pictures, having numbers, having the things that people, if I say have a number, I've been at places, you're like, I'll have the number five combo, and they're like, Number five, they're looking at the screen. Then they look back at the board and they're trying to find yeah. number five to see what to match it up what's on their screen. <laughs> I know. And it's like, oh my goodness. They've given you a number to press. Yes. Well, and I'm, I usually am not very, uh, what's the word, patient with yes. them or understanding because I know I could go back there and I would own <laughs> that point of sale. Yes. And when people say, what comes on that? I'd be bleep, bleep. Oh, mustard, pickles, onions. But when people are like, um, how do you look at the items yeah. on the... I'm like, you do not have command of your station, my no. friend. You do not have command. Well, and even moving forward, I used uh, last week one of the kiosks in the McDonald's mm-hmm. where I ordered myself yeah. or you I, use the app. I've been loving the app. So making those as easy as possible so it's not confusing. Because if one of those big kiosk tablet things, if you're trying to place an order... And you have to have somebody help you every time. <laughs> yeah, it's not worth it's it. It's not worth having it. So uh, just, I don't, I know we have a ton of app developers that listen yes. to the Not Nerd podcast, but uh, just something to keep in mind if you do have any influence on this sort of interface or if you use, let's say at work, I have used some horrible systems at work, not necessarily mm-hmm. on touchscreens, um, but just computer programs where it's like, oh, you have to press seven different keys to get this one button that I do a hundred times a day. Yeah. The holistic cost of spending a little time to make an interface better is so much better mm-hmm. on the back end. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting article. Yes, it's saying it is. Clunky touchscreens are easier to use than slick ones. And yes. it's all about user interface efficiency. Yes. Not beautiful design. Yes. True. Uh, Best Buy. So we, we actually probably end up at Best Buy more than we should, yeah. being who we are. But oh, man. They're so expensive. Holy cow. It's expensive. The selection isn't always great, but it factors into convenience because mm-hmm. it is in between uh, our homes and your yep. place of work yep. and uh, it very close to pretty much anywhere we go. It's close to McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, close to McDonald's. There was an article that came out, I believe it was a week or two ago, Talking about how Best Buy should be dead, like all most of the other tech stores. <laughs> you would think, yeah. Circuit City, Radio Shack, um, but it's thriving in the age of Amazon. Dave, what do you think? I mean, the article had some points. I have some points. What do you think is really helping Best Buy survive? Why do we? Why do we still go there when? Yeah. A lot of times you could do Amazon Prime now and have stuff in two hours or Prime, you know, in two days, next day delivery. Here's the reason, and one of the things that Amazon does not have is a showcase of their products. You can't go in and touch and feel and try out different products, but you can do so at Best Buy. And you think, well, people will just go into Best Buy, try something out, and then order it on Amazon. Yeah. And that's typically what happens. The key 
for them is doing price match. Yeah. And they will do a price match with Amazon. Even sometimes they lose money, they'll do yeah, it yeah. because they want your business and they want you to come in there because they know that if you buy something there, you'll drive by next time. You'd be like, oh, I need a pack of gum or I need a whatever, a USB thumb drive. I'll just, I need it now. I'll get it at Best Buy. So it's kind of some brand building. But I think uh, they've been smart about utilizing the retail space of their stores to put mm-hmm. in the products that, like television sets, for example. There's an entire half of the store is dedicated to television yeah. sets because people need to come in and look at the television sets, see them, adjust, you know, feel the remote control to make sure it has the features that they want. And nine times out of ten, I don't know the statistics, but most people will probably be like. I could save $10 on Amazon yeah. or I could buy it right now. I'm just going to buy it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like full price. You're there. Right. And you yeah. do, there has been the, what it showcasing. Is that what they call it? Where you go into maybe or window shopping, you can call it, yeah. but there's kind of been some talk about, well, you should feel bad about doing that. Yeah, and some, so there's a little guilt factor for right. some people that feel guilt they, uh, and they care say, about other people, or you're just the convenience. I'm here. Yeah. Um, they, if, they think if, if someone, an attendant has helped me, then I owe it yeah, to the yeah, store. Which, yeah. which is, there is a person there that yeah. has helped you, so yeah. that makes a difference. One of the big things, too, that's really helped them out is the Geek Squad service. Yeah. Um, you know, really providing the services. I know a lot of people go there. Again, please contact us first. I've also heard some horror stories of Geek Squad stuff. They're not uh they're not all the highest trained mm-hmm. people in the world. But we see diver- diversification and not pinning themselves down. If they would have said, "You know what? The only way we're doing this is just raising our prices and trying to do television and magazine ads yeah. to get people to come in, they would have died a long time ago. But with the price matching, with devoting floor space to products that they can sell to the customer now. Yeah. And because there are many times I've gone in and said, do you have this? No, but we can order it and have it here tomorrow. Yeah. So they don't have everything yeah. that's online. Oh, and that's another thing. They have a good online presence. That's true. A lot of times when I go search for a product, Best Buy will be one of the yeah, sites that pops that's up. That's true. And that is a complete... Opposite of what happened recently with Apple changing their in-app purchase policy. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Touch Arcade we were kind of talking oh, yeah, about yeah, yeah. online. They did not see the writing on the wall. They did not have different revenue streams. And now that their primary source of income has changed because it's in the hands of somebody else, they're crying and yeah. bawling about it. Yeah, not Best so- Buy. They, they diversified and said, we're going to find revenue elsewhere. Yeah. So Apple has turned off the affiliate program for their apps, which we use those links on our site. We do not famously do not get a lot of revenue from that, (laughs) if any. But if you click on a link and buy an app, we get a little kickback, but they're just, Apple's done with that. But um, so yeah, you've, Best Buy has diversified the Geek Squad. You know, they, they want to be that personal touch. Whereas Amazon, it's, you don't have that option. It's mm-hmm. you find something, you buy it, you hope it's going to be the right thing. You install it yourself. They do offer some of those services, but Best Buy did a good job of kind of making that complete experience. And then an- another leg of their strategies, similar to Walmart, is that they have store brands for products. They're insignia yeah. brand, yes. and you can only find those products at Best Buy in store or Best Buy online. Yeah. And so you can't compare it on Amazon or you can't compare it. So store brands have really helped them, I think, uh, stay ahead of the curve. Uh, some An employee here bought a $40 <laughs> HDMI cable oh, the other day, yes. right? If you can get a customer to spend that much money on something that they need right now, 
Uh, yeah, the convenient convenience factor yeah. is big, and that's it's gotten us before. Well, speaking of televisions and consuming media, mm-hmm. a new study has come out from Nielsen Nielsen Ratings, mm-hmm. and they are saying that at this point, U.S. adults are spending more than how many hours? Eleven hours a day on average. That's all, or about two thirds of their waking time consuming media <laughs> in some form. Wait, how long do people stay up? I usually only stay up about 12 hours. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Yeah, so it's just over 11 hours. So Q4 of 2017 was Mm 10.8. Q1 of 2018, it's up to 11.1 hours. Now, Now this is is not time on smartphones because I'm thinking, oh, you're doing spreadsheets or you're doing whatever you're being productive. This is claiming it's consuming media. Yes. So video, music. Games, those type of things. Yes, podcast, anything. So now the weirdest thing for me, as somebody who solely listens to podcasts, the share, so this is the share of U.S. adults. So what percentage of adults consume these types of media in an average week? Uh, So game console, 15%. DVD, Blu-ray, 15%. That's pretty low. Uh, Internet connected device gets up to 35%. Uh, tablet, internet on a computer, mm-hmm. smartphone, it keeps growing, growing, live and time shifted TV, 88%, radio, 92%. It's, it's Come the on, commute. people. It's in the car. Yes, people stop. <laughs> radio during your commute is one of the worst experiences for consuming media because you're stuck with commercials, then you get to work. You're listening to something and you're like, oh, they just teased this. I got to stay in my car to listen to this and be late for work. Stop it. Do podcast people. Yeah. The commercials have just gotten out of control. I can't listen to terrestrial radio anymore. I I want to hear music. Is there any worse experience for listening to music besides maybe having a phonograph in your vehicle? (laughs) Because then it's going to skip all the time. It's. But 92% of people, so I don't know, I wonder if this might be a little bit skewed because it's like, oh, I was in a waiting room and I heard the radio this week or there's a radio somewhere in my, I was on hold or and even heard some radio. Like a, or even a fast food place, they play yeah. the radio over the Ugh, Yuck. But um, the, so the average time spent per day for a U.S. United States adult person uh, for the Q1 live TV, 4.2 hours Per day. Mm, live TV? Live TV. I, oh, I spend about one hour a month on live TV. So it says, in the, yeah, this boggles my mind. 4.2 hours of live TV, time-shifted TV, so DVR, which is what I try to do whenever possible, is only 0.6 hours. Hmm. That's so, so bizarre. I mean, I do. I'll These have, people are not us people. No. I mean, I do turn on the news in the morning, but it's just background. I'm not... I'm barely consuming that because I'm doing something else. It's just to have something on um, or we'll turn on PBS uh, to distract our child. App web on a smartphone, 2.4 hours. That's a little more realistic. Radio, 1.8 hours. People, what are we doing? What are we doing? Just think, you could be listening to a book on tape. You could be enriching your life with a wonderful podcast like the Not Nerd Podcast. Yes, great and there's many podcasts that are educational. You yeah. could you could take a course oh. at Carnegie Mellon University via podcast. I I can only hope that they grouped in somehow like podcasts with 
this radio and maybe streaming music with this mm, radio feature. I don't it see just, it on there. It'd be uh, time-shifted audio. I think maybe people are just confused and it's like, oh, I made a Xerox of something, <laughs> but you actually made a copy on a Toshiba printer. I'm just right. hoping that as American, adult Americans, we have moved away from radio more than the, what this study shows. Oh, man. <laughs> Makes me cringe. I'm getting sick to my stomach. You're over there cringing right now. Let's move on. You know what's going to make me feel better? What's that? Our picks of the week. Yes, and Nate, you might be a little confused looking at my... <laughs> I often am. Oh. Yeah, at looking at my pick of the week. I have down there WWF. Yes. This is not something to do with the World Wrestling Federation. Well, I'm going to do a quick sidestep pro tip... Bonus pick of the week. Holy Manoli. Uh, HBO just did a documentary in partnership with Bill Simmons and uh, ESPN, I think, was somewhat involved. Uh, it's called Andre the Giant. Oh, yes. I've heard of this. And I finally watched it. If you have any memories of Andre the Giant and professional wrestling in the 80s and 90s, mm-hmm. uh, well worth a watch. It yeah. was – I. And how can I you find really this? I really enjoyed it. It is on HBO. Okay. We actually did a trial uh, for maybe an upcoming pick of the week. Uh, another show we were watching with the HBO. So they have two services. Yeah. There's the HBO One and the HBO Go. Or no, HBO Go and HBO Now. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You want you can do a free trial of the HBO Now. It'll work on your devices. It'll you don't work have to on have a subscription. Apple TV, whatever. Yeah, yeah so I did a – I think it's a one-month trial, and then it's – I think it's like 10 bucks a month. But I think it's 15 but because I'm interested in okay. doing it. Okay, yeah. So anyways, the Andre the Giant. But that is not the WWF you're talking about. No. So let's sidestep back in okay. to your pick of the week. So we're back. It's actually the World Wildlife Foundation. Uh, uh, famously why the WWF is now the WWE it, to avoid confusions yeah. and trademarks. Why and, didn't the WWF just uh, change? Why didn't the Just w- take over the World Wildlife Foundation? Yeah, why did the Wildlife Foundation get I mean the, the WWF wrestling was around long before. Anyway, we're 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 <laughs> we're all over the place. We're pining on about the past. But WWF, the Wildlife Foundation has this application and I think it was, it's pretty cool. It's called WWF free rivers and it is a kind of an educational application that is based or it's, it utilizes augmented reality. And so if you have a modern uh, smartphone, you can, and I didn't check to see if it's also available for, I will check while you play, play with your app. I'm using it on my iPhone and I've I've gotten myself in a pickle because it's locked itself to a like a really close to me <laughs> and I can't move away. But what it does is gives you kind of a, a river watershed uh, experience area with, you know, mountains at one side and the water's coming down. And then there's a dam that's going to be built through this experience. And it shows the effects it has on agriculture and fishing and all these things. And so you can build a dam and then you can make the dam disappear and see how the water does. Uh, And there's a little town there and there's people and you just basically move your phone around this augmented reality experience, Hmm. this model. Yeah. And it just gives you information. You tap on stuff and it's just like, Hey, I wanted to look, what's this over here? I want to, I want to learn about it. And uh, I figured out how to, to reposition it. So that's good. 
but I'm continuing. I mean, we're early in the augmented reality yeah, phase yeah. of life, but I'm I'm so intrigued that I can see something on the screen of my phone, and then I can move my phone closer to it, and oh, that was a that's a man in a field, and I'm going to click on him, and, and this is an example farmer. In the dry season, he plants along rivers in the soil left behind by floods, selling the produce for this exceptionally fertile area, et cetera, et cetera. And then you can go through and highlight another area. Hmm. Things are interactive and move around. But in the old days, it this would maybe be a PDF. <laughs> and you would scroll through it and you'd read, read long paragraphs and there would be some pictures. And then, of course, uh, when multimedia hit with the with the DVD-ROMs, yeah. remember those oh, CD-ROMs? Yes. Um, you would get like interactive movies or an yes. audio clip. Here's an audio clip of a farmer in Sudan talking about the river experience or whatever. But now we have this augmented reality where you can move around with your smart device and just tap on things and read s- small little blurbs and have an interactive experience. And it's really cool. So every time I come across these fun AR apps like uh, Thomas the Train was one that I was oh yeah yeah into before yeah um, my daughter loves that one yeah I just have to play around with them so if you're interested at all in augmented reality check out WWF Free Rivers that's World Wildlife Foundation not World Wrestling Federation oh so I would love a WWF they should or battle WWE uh, augmented reality oh that would be app. incredible let's make it um let's I'll get Vince Vince McMahon McMahon <laughs> if you're listening Stephanie uh Triple H any of you out there please you've superseded my <laughs> wrestling knowledge uh I know many things of little value uh my pick of the week this week I I was looking and I couldn't believe that we have not talked about it on the podcast before. It is a service. Apple. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Apple. Uh, this company called Apple. I just heard yeah. about them. Apparently, they're a trillion-dollar company <laughs> now. No, this is something that has made a huge impact on my life and my business more mm-hmm. specifically. Viagra. Yes. <laughs> no. The purple pill, which the patent is up now, so you can get cheap generic versions. <laughs> well, I need to stop distracting you and let you get to your actual pick of the week. Actual pick of the week. It is a company called StoryBrand. Okay. Now, um, some of you might remember an author uh, from you know several years ago. There was a book called Blue Like Jazz, mm-hmm. Don Miller. It's on my shelf up there. Up on the bookshelf. He had a couple other books as well. Very uh, acclaimed author. But he kind of – I didn't hear anything from him for a while. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he popped up with StoryBrand. And what this is, is it is a, a marketing philosophy, mm-hmm. basically – it's kind of it's in the same guise of the getting things done yes. where it's David Allen has a book and a company and a podcast it's like it's like Consulting, a, a lifestyle yes a so, method yeah a method so story brand is more like a methodology yes uh, so Don Miller he runs a company they have they do a podcast they do have a book mm-hmm. uh, that's what reminded me um, I use their stuff every day but uh, I'm going away for a few days and I like to think that I'm gonna read a book while so, Gone. Did it's, you buy the book? Or? I do have the. I have the book. I bought it originally when it was first released. Is this a print book or is it digital? I actually I have both because I bought the print. So wow. and I got the e version. So maybe I should download the e version. Anyways, yeah. Do you know want to borrow a Kindle? I know a guy that's got, <laughs> yeah, a that got a pile of Kindles. I encourage you if you have a business, mm-hmm. if you have 
any, if you care about the business that you work for and how the marketing works, Mm -hmm. if, if you are involved with a business that needs to grow, I would recommend you go to five minute marketing makeover.com. They have a (laughs) short video series, uh, not a short URL. No, it's like three, uh, three videos and you can watch them and it kind of explains what they do, but you, I've learned so much from them. Um, I've actually taken one of their courses that they have, but I now with my company, consistent tech, before I start working on a website, helping mm-hmm. any businesses with marketing or branding stuff that I do, I make them watch these videos. That's how important I think they are. Mm-hmm. They really helped frame a, a good way to promote businesses. Just as you can guess, story brand. It's about telling the story in a way um, that really makes the clients or the customers, the hero. It just makes so much sense. Yeah. And they have a ton of free content that you can check out. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to purchase anything to learn something. No. And they do the podcast every week. They interview uh, major people in the industry, major, major people. And just the, the listening to their podcast as been so innovative in my yeah. thought process. Yes. Just hearing industry leaders talk about stuff, I'm like, I never even thought about yeah. that. So I can pretty much guarantee you, if you have not checked out StoryBrand and you are have a business that you care about, mm-hmm. you'll watch those three videos and you will be contacting me, a little selfish plug, at Consistent Tech to help you redo your website, redo your branding stuff to match up with this because mm-hmm. it works. It is amazing to see the clients that I have kind of based our projects on this, mm-hmm. you see results and yeah. it just, it makes such a better website, such a better uh, philosophy for your company. So a little bit selfish, but also I just, I believe in it so much that I want to make it my pick of the week. Good. With that, we're going to wrap up this episode 139 mm. of the Not Nerd Podcast. We've gotten so far. Oh, wait. No, we're not. Oh, there's something we, f- we keep forgetting. Yes, we we cannot forget. Uh, I've, the results, people just love hearing these <laughs> iTunes reviews. Mike corrected us yeah. on his, which I knew there was a meme, and I had tried looking it up before, and I could not find it, but his five out of seven is a meme. You can look it up yeah. uh, related to the a Fight Club movie review. I knew it was there. I just couldn't remember it. And it had been a while since his uh, review was uh, read. Last week, we read a great review from David Baylor. Yeah. That was Good uh, on him. a like one, a great one. This week, our review from February 12th, 2016, the title of the review Nerdtastic, <laughs> five stars. And the review say states, great guys, great info, great podcast. Mm, very succinct. And the username for that one is Tihamit, Tihamit, T-Y-H-A-M-E-A-T. Hmm. Um, so I'm guessing that is one of our Tyler's uh <laughs> Fans of the show, friends of the show, um, but thank you, Taiha Meat, for that great review. Uh, great guys, great info, great podcast. We love hearing those reviews from you. Keep submitting them. Go to iTunes, submit those reviews. It actually helps out the show, gets the word out uh, about what we're doing here. So now I can, with good conscience, wrap up episode 139 of the podcast. Get out there and tech better. So what more do you need than your underwear? 
underwear and a swimsuit. Not a whole lot. You don't even need an underwear if you just wear your swimsuit. It's got the mesh. Yeah. I hate those things. <laughs> Make better something. <laughs> Make better something. 